everyone, welcome back. Uh, I hope you're ready for the word. It's going to be an awesome, awesome word today. Um, so today, we're going to continue speaking on kingdom dynamics. Uh, I love, uh, we love the kingdom of God. And every aspect of the kingdom is very dynamic, okay? So today, we're going to get into some deep stuff. Um, but I want to I wanna encourage you to keep an open heart uh, for... Uh, what I'm sharing today. Keep an open mind, an open heart, uh, and we, we just, I really believe that God is going to do something awesome through the Word today, all right? Uh, so the title of my message today is Clickbait, all right? Uh, for those of you who don't know what this term means, it's a, it's a, it's a term that is used on social media for, uh, for people who want to present uh, something, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or any article or such, they, they put a, a title or an image that really causes people uh, it, it to really look again, uh, look again at the, the image or the title uh, and get into it, like click click the, the video and get into uh, what they're actually presenting. You know, we're, we're in a generation where, uh, you know, we, we, it's a scrolling generation. And uh, whether you're on Instagram or on YouTube, uh, we, we scroll, you know, things that if, if the image is not attractive, if the title is not attractive, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't pull us in. We have this thing of just kind of scrolling, 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 scrolling through something really catches our attention. Uh, and that thing that catches your attention is the bait that causes you to click on that, whether it's a video or whether it's an image, uh, and then you go on to either like, you know, press heart or, or watch the video. And I really believe that we're at a time and season in our generation where the enemy has placed baits in our life. You know, he has placed uh, baits all around us. Jesus says that, the, that the, the enemy is like a roaring lion and he's seeking who he may devour. Uh, and what he does is he places baits around, uh, uh, around our lives and and when we click those baits, it causes us to enter into a cycle. It causes us to enter into a season of being trapped. And today, clickbait, I'm going to deal on, uh, on, on really how uh, Christians who are righteous before God, who are blameless before God, get caught up in a, a, a and get trapped uh, in unforgiveness, in bitterness, in anger, jealousy, hatred, all these things that, that really Jesus has saved us from is what the enemy traps us in. He traps us in the old nature. He traps us in the old man. And he causes us to live in that cycle rather than live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The enemy has a bait. He has baits that he puts into our lives, he puts uh, around us, that really cause us to look at what he's saying. And most times these baits are, that they, they come across our lives from people that are familiar with us, from people who are close to us, from family members, close friends, relatives, you know, uh, people in our church. We, we, we experience the bait of the enemy from people that, are, that we least expect come into our lives carrying a trap. 
And so we see that, that when they come across our lives, they come just, they don't even know that they're doing this. But they come across our lives and they make statements or they say things about certain people or their certain situations or certain circumstances in our life or the economy or the city that we live in or the country or the nation or this president or that president and they have an opinion about something. That is that bait that is really looking like it's injured, looking like it's information. And when you go in and you, you, you bite on that bait, you bite on that, you're looking for something and you go and bite on it, it causes an offense on the inside of you. You go for the you go for the bait because you think it's interesting. You go for the bait because you, you, you're attracted to it. All of a sudden, you've received some knowledge that has enlightened you and it's caused you now to really dig deep into that subject or have an opinion about that subject. The minute you do that, you get trapped. And many people for, for a long, for many years have been trapped in unforgiveness, have been trapped in jealousy, have been trapped in envy, have been trapped by habits. But it all begins with the knowledge of good and evil. You know, growing up, we loved watching Tom and Jerry. I know that many people uh, love Tom and Jerry. And you know, Tom is constantly trying to trap Jerry. We see that, that he puts cheese on a bed and he leaves it outside, uh, you know, outside Jerry's little home. Uh, and Jerry, even though if he's sleeping or whatever, he, he smells the cheese and even in his sleep, the cheese kind of pulls him to the trap and he, he doesn't see the trap, but he only sees the cheese. And clickbait. The bait of the enemy in your life doesn't cause you to see the trap because you are so caught up in the subject and the title and the description of what the enemy has placed in front of us. See, the enemy brings the knowledge of good and evil and he puts it in an environment. He puts it in a, in a group of people. He puts it in a, in a place where when you go for that information, it causes you to be offended in your heart against someone who's really not done anything to you. Let me give you an example. You know, the most viral example right now is Donald Trump. We, are, we live in the UAE. We, Donald Trump has not personally done anything to you or me. But somehow, his decisions and his choices from the media, the, the, whether, whether, whether it's the news channel, they, they portray him in such a negative way that now there's an, there's an offense in our mind against this man. God never told you to be offended with Donald Trump. Neither did he tell you to be offended with the Democrats or the Republicans. In fact, God does not want us to be offended at anyone. But see, the minute we click on that information, the minute we click on that link, the minute we listen to that brother or that sister that has something, they have something to say. That information, that cheese is what we're going for. When we go for it, 
See, ladies and gentlemen, it causes us to, to uh, causes our conscience to be seared and there's an offense. It feels like somebody has done something wrong to you. When Donald Trump has not even, doesn't even think about you. It's like, it's like, you know, the, the football, you know, the, 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 the Premier uh, League, you know, Manchester United fans uh, are so offended with Liverpool friends. For what? These, these footballers don't even know you exist. But somehow you went somewhere and somebody said something about Manchester United and you're like, oh, I cannot take this. We are, you know, red devils and you come up with all these titles and you just need to know that you are trapped in a trap called Manchester United. <laughs> We're meant to enjoy the game. God gave somebody the creativity to come up, come up with a game of kicking a ball. And we're like, oh, wow, look at that guy slid. And we get offended. We get offended. No, no, he slid. And that wasn't a foul. And we, we get so worked up about something we have no control over. And see, that's what the enemy does. He wants you to get distracted by something that looks very attractive. And it shines in the dark and it glitters and it glimmers and, it, and he wants you to come to it. And when you come to it, ladies and gentlemen, the minute you go for the, for the cheese, the minute you go for that information, the minute you say something about it, the minute you, you allow those words to get into your heart, it causes you to get the, the bait, the, the, the mechanism of the trap shuts, it, it engages the mechanism and it falls all around you. And now you're in a box, you're in this trap and you're running around and you're hurt and you don't even know that you're in a trap of unforgiveness. You don't even know you're in a trap of bitterness. You don't even know you're in a, in a, in a trap of, 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 of sexual fantasies. You're in a trap. And every time you, you scroll through your Instagram and you see a, a, the picture of someone, and, you, and some woman or some man and you look at that picture and you know in your heart you shouldn't be looking into that picture. You know in your heart, you know in your conscience that you should not be looking at that. But yet the, the desire on the inside of you for cheese, <laughs> the desire to look at that person, the desire to look at that thing, the desire to look at that video, it's so on the inside of you, it drives you crazy. And the minute you click on it, it causes you to, to be offended. It causes your heart to be so bruised because you know you've done something that you should not have done. You've hung around with a person that you know you should not have hung around with. You've heard information that you should not have heard. And you've allowed somebody's vomit to come all over your ears. And now, there's this offense on the inside of you. And you don't even know how it came. You don't even, you can't even trace. You can't even trace where it came from. You can't even trace the person that put the cheese there. <laughs> See, you must understand in the old days, you know, 
A trap was like a like a box, you know, uh, uh, like a shoebox. Have you ever trapped a bird or have you ever trapped a rat? I've trapped rats before, you know, growing up because there were, we, we lived in a place where there were a lot of rats. And every time we, we would we would trap a bird uh, because we loved hunting when I was growing up. I loved hunting birds and things like that. This is These are things that boys do. And, and, and the way you create a trap is, is you take a shoebox and you put a stick at the end of it. And then you put some bait at the bottom of that stick. And so when the bird comes in, because he flies in, you, you, he has to hit that stick and take the bait. The minute he hits the stick to go for the food, the, the box closes under him and the bird is trapped and he's flying on the inside and it's dark over there. He's petrified, he doesn't know what, what's happening until we put our hand inside, catch the bird. And then, you know, I don't want to tell you what we do with the bird. But it tasted really good in those days. <laughs> that's all I want to tell you. But that's exactly what happens to us in the soul realm. When we go for something like that, when we go for a, 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 uh, a something that, a bait that is, that is put there for us, we don't see the stick. And this word offense comes from the Greek word scandalon. And this word scandalon means that it's the, it's the stick of the bait. It's not the, it's not the cheese, but it's the stick that holds the bait up. And the minute you go for the, for the cheese or for, for the food that is kept there or for that video that's kept there or for that little article that, that you, that you know you shouldn't be reading, that book that you, that romance novel that you should not be reading, you know what I mean? That, that, you know, that cosmopolitan magazine that you should not be looking at, those magazines, those, those videos, those pictures on Instagram that you should not be looking at, you, you go for it when nobody's watching you and you know in your heart that that's not what God wants you to do. That's not the information that God wants you to hear and you go for it. And the minute you go for it, you're like that little bird. You get offended because you hit the, this bait stick and now the trap has fallen all around you and you're helpless. But see, I'll tell you something. Offended people lay traps for other people to get offended. When you don't deal with offense in your heart, when you don't deal with unforgiveness in your heart, when you don't deal with bitterness, jealousy, anger, rage, when you don't deal with these offenses in your heart, in your own heart, that's when you walk around people who are close to you and now you begin to, like a river of offense, you begin to pour out into all these people. And now the trap that was set for you becomes the very trap that you set for other people around you. And Jesus says this in, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. He says this. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Jesus is saying, this is God speaking, and Jesus is saying, hey guys, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It is impossible that no offenses should come, which means that we are not strangers to offenses. We are not strangers to offenses coming at us. Offenses will come. Offenses should come. 
offenses must come. But what you do with these offenses determines whether you become bitter or you become better from them. Come on, that's a good word. What the choices that you make when you receive that offense, the choices that you make when you, are, when you do get offended, when somebody offends you, the choice that you make in that very moment determines whether you become better or you become bitter. And sadly, many people in the world carry so much of bitterness on the inside of them. They don't really know why they're bitter, but they're just bitter. They're just, there's so much of bitterness on the inside of them. And, and they, they, they're offended, they're hurt, and people who are innocent that come around them, people who don't know that they're they hurt or bitter, want to love on them. And even the love that they express over these people who are hurt and offended, they hurt these people. You know, I remember one day um, when I was growing up, my dad had set a trap, you know, for a rat, a big, big trap, because we had these massive rats that looked like cats in, in where we lived. I mean, it's, a, it's really strange. I mean, but they're quite scary. You know, my dogs used to get into fights with them. I mean, they're like proper big ones. Uh, and so we, we, set a, we set a trap and, uh, at nighttime, and, uh, and we heard the noise, and one of the guys just got caught in it, and he was massive. And so, you know, before we got rid of the, of the rat, uh, you know, my dad gave me the responsibility of, son, go and, uh, you know, finish the rat, uh, dispose of the rat. And so I said, okay, dad. And so I went and I looked at the rat. And he was running around. He was big. He's probably about that big, just his body and then the tail and everything else. And he was running around this trap. He was helpless. Ah, he, he, was, he was shaking. The whole trap was moving around, but he could not get out. And at that moment, I started looking, and I, you know, I, I was pastoral in those days as well, and I looked, at, I looked at that rat, and I felt so sad for it. I felt, oh, look at the little thing. And when he saw me looking at that, at that, at that rat, when he saw me looking at, the, at this, and this thing, this rodent, um, he, he, he actually started looking at me, and we were engaging like eye to eye, like we're gazing. I was gazing into his eyes, and he was gazing into my eyes, and his little nose was like quivering like that. He didn't know what, and he started going back, and he was so afraid, and I thought, you know, like a little cat or a dog, you know, maybe I could pet this little rat, and when I put my finger to pet the rat, he literally bit a piece of my finger and I, and I was so upset. And I realized in that moment that when a person is offended, when a person is hurt, when a person is trapped, even when people go to help them, they don't know anything else but to respond with pain, to respond with hurt. They hurt the people that come to help them. And I want to I I extend a hand to people who are trapped today. People who feel trapped, whether you feel trapped by debt, whether you feel trapped by hurt, whether you feel trapped by unforgiveness, whether you feel trapped by bitterness, shame, guilt, condemnation. These are all the traps of the enemy, the traps that the enemy sets in, in our life to hold us back, to pull us back so that we don't fulfill everything that God has in plan for us. I want to extend a hand out to you and say, hey, why don't you write to me? Why don't you SMS me? Why don't you WhatsApp me? Why don't you call me? Let's have a conversation because I really believe that you are not living the fullness 
the fullness of God's call over your life. You're not stepping into the destiny of, of, of manifesting Christ on earth as, it is, as he is in heaven. I really believe you're living below the standard of God's call over your life. The quality of life that you should be living, you're not living that life. And I want to extend my hand. I, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you. I'm not offended with you, but you've got to come out of that trap. You've got to come out of that, that bitterness. You've got to come out of that anger and envy and, and shame and guilt and condemnation. You've got to come out of it so that we can help you. I can't help you if you remain in that trap. And so Jesus is saying, hey, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him, woe to him through whom they come. Wow, which means offenses come, but they come through a him. And that him over there is not Satan. That him over there is a human being. It's a human being that has been caught up with the knowledge of good and evil that is causing you now to stumble. It's causing offenses to come. All right, I want to show this to you in Jesus' life, okay? So if you could go with me to Matthew chapter 16. This is where we, we've been speaking of over the last few weeks, and I absolutely love this message. Matthew chapter 16, all right? So Jesus is having a discussion with Peter uh, and, you know, he's having a discussion with his disciples and Peter, you know, decides to pull him aside. Let's, re let's read that, okay? I think it's very interesting. Um, from that time, this is verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go, he must go, okay? When, when Jesus says he must go, it means that it's God's will for his life, that he must go, okay? He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then brother Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. It's one thing to rebuke a brother, but it's another thing to rebuke your Lord. You, you must understand how much of familiarity Peter had entered into with Jesus. He decided now, Jesus is my teacher. I'm going to rebuke you. Okay? And so he says to Jesus, rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, Jesus is saying, I have to fulfill the Father's will for my life, which means I've got to go to Jerusalem. I've got to go to the scribes and Pharisees. They've got to beat me up. They've got, they've got to kill me. But on the third day, I will rise again. That's the plan Jesus gives the disciples. Peter says, no, no, no. I'm deciding for you now. <laughs> I'm deciding that you should not do this. This will not happen to you. He's prophesying over Jesus. This will, this shall not happen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All the ecclesia says, amen. You know, um, but Jesus turned and said to Peter in verse 23, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Not what you're saying, but you are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. It's amazing when you listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Wow, Peter, you're an offense to me. 
which means you're the stick that holds the trap. And Jesus looked at the bait. What was Peter saying? Jesus, you shall not die. That was the bait. The bait was preserve my life. Disobey God's will and preserve my life. And Jesus says, you're an offense. You're, you're, you're setting a trap for me. Peter doesn't know he's setting a trap. But Peter is offended because Jesus says he's going to die. Do you, do you see it? He got, you, you must understand, if we go into the context of, of this story, you know, Jesus is asking the question, who do you say I am? And so, uh, uh, you know, Peter receives this divine Revelation, you must understand. He receives a divine revelation from God the Father because Jesus asked a question. Wow, that in itself is phenomenal. Jesus asks a question, the Father answers. Jesus asks you and me a question. Who do you say I am? And, the, and none of the other disciples were listening to God the Father but Peter. Come on, man. So the question is, are you hearing God's voice? Because Jesus will come to you and ask you a question. Are you ready with the answer? The answer that Jesus is looking for is not a wisdom of the world, not your common sense, but he's looking for an answer from the Father. Come on, come on, come on. This is powerful. And so now Peter gives the answer. And when he gives the answer, Jesus, you are the Christ. What is Christ? Christ is the anointed one. You are the son of the living God, which means Jesus is the anointed, he's the one who has been anointed with the Spirit and he is the Son of God, he's the Messiah who's come to the earth and he is anointed to rescue the world. He's anointed to save the world. So that's the divine revelation now. You must understand that every revelation comes with an authority, okay? So Jesus goes on to say, Peter, upon you are Peter. So Simon responds to Jesus and says, you are the anointed, the son of the living God. Okay? He, and so when he receives that revelation and he speaks it out, Jesus changes his identity to Peter. Peter means little rock. And Jesus says, upon this rock, that word rock over there means bedrock. He's not talking to Peter, but he's talking about divine revelation. The bedrock. Upon the bedrock, divine revelation, I will build my ecclesia. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia. He's not talking to Peter. He's talking about the ecclesia. Okay? So the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia. Right? Then he goes on to say, this very powerful statement, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. He says, I will give you, the ecclesia, the keys of the kingdom, that, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, just hang with me for a few minutes, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this, and it's a phenomenal revelation. Now, you must understand, Jesus is saying, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So it's destined that the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Which means there are gates, but those gates are open. So what is he talking about binding and loosing here? The church has often made it about binding demons, binding circumstances, binding situations, and binding this and loosing that. And we're, 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 we're really focused on binding and loosing based on the knowledge of good and evil. 
But what Jesus is saying is, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Not a key, it's not singular, it's plural. It's keys of the kingdom. That whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. These are keys of the kingdom. So how did, how did this conversation come up? The conversation started when Peter said, I have a divine revelation. So the divine revelation of, the, the revelation of Christ is the key of the kingdom. The Bible goes on to say to us that, you know, that we are, that, that God has rescued us and, and he seated us in Christ in heavenly places. In heavenly places. Places, plural, not heavenly place. So you must understand, in Christ is not a person. In Christ is a location. It is a position. When we are in Christ, it is a position. It is the place where Christ is righteous, he's blameless, he's holy, he's justified. Right? So now you are in Christ, seated in heavenly places, which means in heaven, you're not in one place, you're in multiple places. So that word place over there is also called spiritual realms. Okay, now um, I know this is a little deep, but just wait, just wait with me, you'll understand everything clearly. And so you must understand, every revelation that you receive now, for that revelation, you have access in the kingdom to a realm of authority. The realm of dominion of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. It comes by divine revelation. How does it come? By hearing the word. When I hear the word, the Holy Spirit unveils the mystery of Christ in me, the hope of glory. He reveals Christ to me. When he reveals Christ to me now, and I receive it into my life, and I confess it, and I apply it in my life, now I've entered, I've accessed a realm of the kingdom where the king has dominion in heaven. When I have access to that realm, that authority in heaven, now I'm on earth, right? When I'm on earth and I'm accessing an issue, I'm on the realm called earth. When I have an issue here, I have authority in heaven. If I have authority in heaven, when I bind something on the earth, it is already bound in heaven. Come on now. This is powerful, right? So now, our brother Peter has a revelation. And so because he has a revelation now, he gets an authority. And so because he has an authority, he's having this discussion with Jesus. Let me show you how it works. The, you know how, how the way an onion is, it's, it's, it's layer upon layer upon layer. Every time you open an onion, the color of the onion changes, the, the smell, the texture of the onion changes, the pungentness changes. And the more you keep removing those layers, the more intense it gets. Heaven is exactly like that. These heavenly realms, the realm of God's kingdom, the realm that God has dominion in, the heavens, right? The, the psalmist says, the heavens are yours. These are realms in heaven where you and I are seated in heavenly realms in Christ because Christ has access to all the realms. And when you're in Christ, you have access to all the realms. So if you have access to all the realms, now on earth, you've got to mature into the authority of each realm. And as you receive the revelation of the truth of Christ, not anything else, not healings, miracles, signs, wonders, 
revelation of Christ. When you receive that revelation of Christ, now your authority begins to match what is happening in heaven. That's why whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Come on somebody, this is powerful. In the, in the olden days in the Jewish culture, the, 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 the priests in the temple had so much of power that they would, they would bind a day of the week as a day of fasting. And if they bound that day of the week as a week of fasting unto God, there were blessings that were attached to that, to that day. And so if they bound that day and they said, okay, if you fast on this day, all your sins will be forgiven. You will receive, you know, your lands will be blessed and you will receive the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Whatever blessing that, that, that there exists that God had attached that, told, that he told the priest. So now what they do, listen to me very carefully now. What they do is they say, okay, I'm, we're going to bind this day as a fast unto the Lord. And when we fast unto the Lord, we will have victory over our enemies. We will have, we will have all our needs will be supplied according to riches. We will not live in lack. So they, they bind that day and now the blessings they are there. So when the blessings are there, when people begin to fast, they enter into this realm. Come on, man. They enter into this day of fasting and because they've entered into the day of fasting now, or everything that the priest has spoken is now accessible to these guys. And so now you must understand what Jesus is saying to the ecclesia. He's saying whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What is he trying to say? We are binding and loosing realms of authority. We're not binding demons because Jesus has already bound them. We, he's already defeated them. We're not defeating, we're not binding an already defeated enemy. I mean, can you imagine the humility in that? But I mean, the, the humiliation of that. But, but at the end of the day, he's already bound. He's, he has no power. He has no authority. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Those keys, ladies and gentlemen, is the, is the authority to a realm. See, there are certain people who, uh, who I know uh, who, who have authority over nations. They have authority over cities in the realm of the spirit. When they walk into hospitals, literally people start jumping out of their bed. When they have a crusade in a, in, in, in a certain city, people who, who were in wheelchairs or people who had cancer or people who have you know, terminal diseases are brought to those meetings. And when they're brought to those meetings, just by one word, you are healed in Jesus' name. People start running out of wheelchairs. You must understand, these are realms of authority that come, that people have access to because of revelation, because of divine revelation. When you receive that revelation, you also receive authority. When you receive authority, you have power and dominion on earth as it is in heaven. This is very, very powerful. But all of these things, all of this authority, all of this dominion, comes to you and I through one thing. It's called the word. If you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, when they were in the garden, they were having conversation with a talking serpent. And that serpent put a bait before them. The cheese was the knowledge of good and evil. 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the bait stick was, really? Did God really say that? Really? Maybe? No, no, no. But maybe he... No, I don't think you'll become... No, no, no. You, if you eat of this tree, man, you will become like God, knowing both good and evil. You see, the problem was that they were already like God. It's just that they only knew good. They only knew the goodness of God. They never experienced evil. So they thought that even the serpent talking to them was a good thing. Even the bait that he was putting at them was a good thing. But the minute they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, the minute they, 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 God said, don't eat of that tree, the minute they went and ate of that tree, something happened to Adam. Something on the inside of him broke. Something on the inside of him, he started dying. Adam and Eve, man and woman, started dying. See, a lot of us don't understand how powerful clickbaits are. How powerful the snare of the enemy, the trap of the enemy is. You know, they say that when a crab is taken and put in, put in a fish tank, when he's brought out of his environment in the sea and he's put in a fish tank, the crab on the outside looks really cool. Wow, man, this lobster and this crab this look, look really cool. Wow, you know, let's get, some, let's get some, you know, Singapore chili crab made out of this guy. And if he stays in that tank for too long, the crab's flesh on the inside begins to deteriorate. He begins to feed himself upon his own flesh. He becomes a self-eater because he was trying to preserve his life. And in the same way, when, when, Christians, when Christians get involved with, with nasty stuff that should, they shouldn't be getting involved with, ladies and gentlemen, we start preserving our own life. We start preserving ourselves. We start protecting ourselves because all of a sudden there's a danger. Oh, all of a sudden there's a, I feel suddenly everybody hates me. I feel like suddenly, oh, no, 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 no. There's too many things happening in my life. All of a sudden I've, I've come to the knowledge that I don't have money. All of a sudden, I, I don't believe that God will provide all of my needs. All of us, that's why I cannot give into the kingdom of God. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm aware that there's a virus. I'm aware that so many people are getting affected by the virus. Oh my goodness. You've been trapped. You've been trapped. And self-preservation has kicked in instead of the Lord preserving you with his word. And see, you, instead of being a person in authority, you're a person in authority that is trapped, that you can't exercise your dominion and authority. See, demons will not listen to you if you're not a person in authority. That's why Jesus tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. That word Satan is not a demon. That word Satan means adversary. It's a person who is coming against the will of God. He's coming against the purpose of God for your life. How many of us listen to nonsense that goes against the will of God for our lives? 
How many of us engage with movies, engage with music, engage with things that, that we think is, ah, it's okay, it's just okay, ah, whatever, you know, I just, I, just enjoy the, I just enjoy the drums or I just enjoy the guitars in that music. But actually the lyrics in that music is going against the will of God for your life. And that is an adversary that comes to trap you. And we see ourselves so powerless that we don't even know how to open up our, pr- our mouth and say, God, help me. God, help me in this season. God, I made a mistake. God, help me. I got offended. God, help me. God, help me. Because it is only God that can help you. So we see Adam and Eve, while they were in the garden, after they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, they created a realm called the world. This world that we live in, the processes, the systems, all of these things that, that exist today that, we, that, we, that we're born into is created because someone disobeyed God's word and obeyed another word. You see, when you... When you don't obey God's word, you create a world based on the knowledge of good and evil. And the knowledge of good and evil is in direct disobedience to the revelation of Christ in your life. And it's very important that we understand this, 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 this value, this, this revelation right now, because we are creating, by, by allowing our, ourselves to, to get offended, by allowing ourselves to partake of the knowledge of good and evil every single day, we are creating more worlds rather than living in the earth that God has created. See, God took man, he created a garden and he, on the earth and he placed man in the garden. See, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness are of, not the world. But see, man has created this world that the enemy has dominion in. But God has given us his word so that we can change the world, so that we can bring transformation in the world. The earth does not need transformation. It is the world that needs transformation. See, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? So that whoever believes in him, in the word, will not perish like the perishing is the outcome of the knowledge of good and evil. Because as soon as Adam ate of the fruit, Adam and Eve ate of the knowledge of good and evil, they started dying. And so now, just like, like Adam, Adam and Eve, Adam was just offended. He was offended. He was guilty. He hid. He ran away from God. He went and hid behind a bush. And when God came, Adam, Adam, where are you? <laughs> I mean, you must be properly lost if God can't find you. You must be so lost if you can't hear God's voice. And some of us have been so offended. Some of us have been so hurt. Some of us have felt so betrayed by people and by things around us that we can't hear the voice of God. We can't hear the revelation of Christ in our lives. We don't even want to hear the messages that, that Pastor John preaches every single Friday. No, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm, I, can, hear my, I can hear God for myself. I want to tell you, God speaks through his body. He speaks through his ecclesia. It is the governing authority 
that God has placed on the earth. It is the ecclesia to whom God has given the keys of the kingdom. And he says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And see, just like Adam and Eve, Peter, his mind was so full of, of the knowledge of good and evil. It's human wisdom that was in Peter's mind. It wasn't a bad thing. Like, honestly, I mean, a guy comes to you and says he's going to die. Someone that you really love. I mean, if he comes to you and says, hey, I'm, I, I really feel like I'm going to suffer and die. But then, you know what? I'm going to be raised again. In, in humanistic wisdom, you'll be like, what are you talking about, man? Why do you speak death? Why can't you speak life? If you come to Life Church Global, that's, that's the first thing that we tell you. Hey, speak life. But see, Peter, what Jesus was trying to reveal to Peter it, through the, this entire passage is that, hey, listen, Peter, you've received a revelation of, from, from God, my Father. Let me, let me upgrade your revelation by telling you what's the next step. Now, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Son who's come to save the world. Now, this is how he's going to save the world. It was an invitation to an upgrade in revelation, but Peter chose humanistic wisdom, human knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, that I'm going to lose this, my best friend. I'm going to lose this Lord in my life. I'm going to lose it. He is the king. He's going to come and help us overthrow the Roman Empire. And we're going to be, we're the chosen ones. But this is our king. I believe you're my king. How can you die? How can you leave us like this? But Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Why does he say, get behind me? Because humanistic wisdom, the knowledge of good and evil is past. It is the knowledge of the old man. And Jesus does not entertain the knowledge of good and evil. There's a, there's a rebuke in how he communicates to Peter. He rebukes Peter. Because Peter communicates to Jesus. When you listen to the knowledge of good and evil and the knowledge of good and evil goes to God, can you imagine what he listens to? That you pray from the knowledge of good and evil rather than the revelation of Christ in your life? Jesus has a distaste for it when Peter speaks to him because it's complete contradiction to the will of God for Jesus' life. And so we see here now, he says, get behind me. You adversary, you are opposing the will of God for my life. I, I accept God's will for my life. I have to suffer. I have to die. I have to be beaten. I have to uh, be killed. But I will also be raised up on the third day. And when I'm raised up on the third day, all of humanity, I will make the provision for all of humanity to be saved. And instead of Peter celebrating it, he, he, he communicates to Jesus in a, in the, according to the knowledge of good and evil. And Jesus says, hey, listen, you're setting a trap. You are the trap of the enemy. You are the one. You're the stick that the enemy is using to trap me. And sometimes as Christians, the enemy has been playing with us all along against one another for years, decades and decades. We've lost relationships. We've lost friends. We've lost loved ones. We've lost family members because, because they, they've chosen to get offended because they don't hear the will of God for your life. 
And because they don't hear the will of God for your life, maybe it's prosperity, maybe it's suffering, maybe it doesn't matter what it is that is God's will for your life. As a, as a, as a member of the, of the family, our responsibility is to come alongside you and say, you know what, I stand with you. I believe you, man, I stand with you. If it's God's call over your life, I stand with you. But far too long, we allow the offense that is in our heart to begin to leak into relationships around us. And Jesus says, hey, listen, that, Peter, that bait stick, you are that bait stick. And the enemy has come now to trap me so that I cannot fulfill the will of God. What if Jesus was to be like, Peter, you know, you know what? Yeah, man, you're right. You know what? I, 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 you're right. You know what? I, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing this. What if Jesus did that? He would have been trapped in the knowledge of good and evil and he would not be able to fulfill the destiny, the plan that God has for his life. See, a lot of us are, are in that place. We're trapped. A lot of us are trapped. We're trapped with unforgiveness. And we feel like we're, we're going to work and everything is okay. And, but, but what we put our hand, everything that we put our hand to somehow seems to be getting destroyed. It's getting dismantled. There's no life in it. And the reason why is because you're trapped in this area. You're trapped in unforgiveness. You're trapped in bitterness. You're trapped in, in sin habits in your life. You're trapped in these areas. And you're wondering, why are things not working out in my life? You're, you're trapped in, in the knowledge of good and evil about other people. And a, a, a husband is trapped by the, the wife's accusations based on the knowledge of good and evil. A, a wife is trapped based on the husband's accusations of the knowledge of good and evil. And nobody's standing up for the truth. And Jesus is saying here, hey, listen, that knowledge is an adversary. It's a bait. Don't give in to it. It is a scandalon. That word scandalon is where we get the word scandalized from. And the enemy comes and he presents this bait in such a way that you think it's a scandal. <gasps> oh, really? Is that what Pastor John said? <gasps> oh, my gosh. And the minute you go for it, you're trapped. And somehow you hate him. Somehow you hate Pastor Kelsey. Somehow you hate Murli. And somehow you hate Rabin. And somehow you hate Chris. And you don't even know why. See, you must understand that when that stick is up, it looks one way. But the minute you get into, you hit that bait, you hit that offense, and the, and the stick falls down and the, and the trap comes over you, it does not look the same. You do look behind you and you don't even know how you got trapped. Unless someone who has more authority in that realm comes to you and sets you free. Someone who has more authority. Why? It's because of the word of God. Fresh revelation. So how do you, how do you stay away from being trapped? How do you stay away from, from, from how, do you, how would you recognize the bait of the enemy? The first way is the word of God. I can't stress how important it is for you and I to really allow the word of God to be the foundation from which we view our lives. 
Not the knowledge of good and evil, God's word. It, when Peter received fresh word, he said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, listen, my father in heaven has revealed that to you. And because of that, now I will build my church upon fresh revelation. See, a lot of people ha have been trapped the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he traps you and he isolates you from the ecclesia. And when you're fluttering around in that trap, the ecclesia it, it does not know that you're in a trap. And you seem to isolate yourself. You seem to keep yourself away. You, 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 you step away from your life group. You step away from your church. You step away from the, from the, from the fellowship of the brethren. And you seem to... You seem to Think that, oh, look, these people, they don't need me. They don't love me. They've moved on. But see, I'll tell you something. The power, the power to set you free, the key has been given to the ecclesia. That authority, that realm that has dominion over that trap has been given to the ecclesia. And it's the word of God, the revelation has been given to the church. It's given to the body of Christ. It's not given to anybody else outside. It's given to the body that you're a part of. And it is that same ecclesia that has the authority to set you free. A lot of people for many years, ladies and gentlemen, have been trapped in unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, strife, gossip for years. And they've moved churches not realizing that the first church that they, were, that they had bitterness against had the power to set them free. You jumped ships, but the, but the key to set you free, the handcuffs that you were in, was in that ship that you jumped from. The person that you were offended with in that previous church, the, the pastor you were hurt from in the previous church that you assumed that you were hurt from, had the key to set you free. And you've jumped now and you think you can jump churches, go conference to conference. I, I want fresh word. I want, I want revelation. Give me revelation, brother. No, he gives revelation to the ecclesia that you were first from. And the ecclesia, ecclesia has the authority and the dominion to set you free. But it starts with the word, ladies and gentlemen. It starts with you receiving fresh word. It starts by you allowing the spirit of God to make you spiritual. See, if you are spiritual, you wouldn't even consider the flesh. The flesh is not even something that you even get bothered by. A lot of Christians are more fleshy than they are spiritual. And God is, is spirit and he's looking for those who worship in spirit and in truth. Worship in spirit and in truth. Respond to revelation. And if you're in the spirit... Paul says, pray in the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit at all times. Be connected to the Holy Spirit. When you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you are one with God. And when you're one with God, Jesus, just like Jesus, because you have the Word, you're connected to the Spirit. The Word is Spirit and it is life. He, give, he begins to, you, you'll have the discernment of the Spirit. You'll have discernment to recognize when the enemy has laid a trap for you just like Jesus even though it was one of his own disciples he says no 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 this you are an offense to me even though Peter came and rebuked Jesus Jesus says hello this is an offense 
You're setting a trap. You're making me human. Every time a person comes into your life and tries to make you human, it's a trap. Every time you go to church and it is about the spirit, every time you go to the ecclesia, ecclesia, and you are gathering with the ecclesia, they're making you spiritual. We worship in spirit. We give because we're in spirit. We receive the word because we're in spirit all the time. We speak in tongues all the time. We have the gifts of the spirit. We have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is the life that God has called us to. Not the knowledge of good and evil. Stop wasting your time with people like that. Stop wasting your time in traps like that. You can get out of a trap. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get out of a trap. First, by remaining peaceful. Stop fighting with people. Stop fighting and trying to set yourself free. Don't try to wriggle your way out of a trap. You have no authority to get out of a trap when you had submitted to that trap itself. Remain peaceful. Calm yourself down. Come to the realization that you need help, that you need guidance. You are not all-knowing in this moment. You are not all-powerful in this moment. You need your community. You need your ecclesia. I want to encourage you, call somebody. Call them and say, hey, listen, I need help, man. Call someone from our ecclesia and say, hey, listen, I gave into gossip and now my heart has been, become cold towards the people in our church. My heart has become cold towards the pastor and his wife. My heart has become cold towards the kingdom. My heart has become cold. I don't know why, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how this happened, but call somebody, call your life coach. If you're offended with your life coach, call someone and share your, your, your offense with them. Open it up, expose it to people. And say, this is not their problem, this is my problem. I allowed this to happen in my life. And lastly, hear the word of God from people around you. When they give you counsel, hear the word of God. See, I'll tell you something. In Proverbs 24, uh, in, in verse 6, it says this. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. This is powerful. In the multitude of ecclesia. Don't, if you listen to one person's counsel, you'll probably go to war. Because you think you have wisdom. You've received wisdom. But when you are in a multitude of counselors, when you're not just listening to one counsel, you're listening to counsel now from a multitude of people. When you have a life group of people that you submit an issue in your life, submit a decision that you need to make in your life, when you submit it to the pastoral team, when you submit it to a group of life coaches, when you submit it to your pastors, when you submit it, now receiving counsel, it, it keeps you safe. It doesn't trap you. See, because war is a trap. But it is in a multitude of counsel that you are safe. You know, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to go to um, Timothy, 2 Timothy uh, <coughs> chapter 2. And I want to read from verses 23 to 26. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 from verses 23 to 26. He says this, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. So he's saying this, to avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Why? Because those disputes are based on the knowledge of good and evil. But in humility, bring correction based on the truth. Verse 26 says this, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare, which is the trap of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. This is very powerful. And so the way you come out of a trap is by allowing people to speak, people in your life, to speak the truth to you, correcting you, bring correction to you. Like what Jesus did, rebuke. He rebuked Peter. Peter tried to rebuke him. Jesus rebuked him. The word actually rebuke um, means, in, in Greek, the word rebuke means warning someone to prevent something from going wrong. Rebuke is not what we think is, you know, is, is a harsh rebuke. But when you bring correction to someone, you're bringing correction because you, you foresee that something is going to go wrong. And sometimes we, we make decisions in our life um, and we, we, we listen to, to words that people say and we, we get involved with conversations that we should not be getting involved with and it, it looks like counsel. But it's not counsel. It, it's counsel based on the knowledge of good and evil, not on the word of God. See, because when you, when you spend time with the word of God, the truth begins to correct you. It begins to, it gives you a rebuke. It begins to, um, uh, it begins to see, give you a warning to prevent you from something in your life going wrong. And a lot of people have made the mistake of getting offended and then people rebuke them and then people correct them. But actually, before you make a decision, before you, you allow yourself to get trapped is when you actually need the correction. It's actually when you need the truth of, word, of God's word. And so my encouragement to you today is stay free. Hashtag offense free. Stay free from being offended. Stay free from, from giving in to the, to the bait of the enemy in your life. Look out for those friends who are the, the offense in your life. Look out for those people in your life, those family members, the, the, those friends that, 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 that the enemy used. They, they don't know it. It's not their fault. They don't know it. But look out. Allow the truth of, the God, of God's word in your life to bring correction and warn you that, hey, listen, this is a trap. I can't get involved in this conversation. I can't allow my heart, my soul, my conscience to get seared by what is happening. So today I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God would open your heart. God would open your mind. God would, would remove the scales of your heart. The scales of the eyes of your heart. So that you can see where you really are. Father, I thank you for every single person who is watching this service today.
Father, I thank you that you chose this moment to give us a revelation, the truth. You've shed your light upon the truth today, God. Father, we're so privileged that we can engage with you directly. What a blessing it is for us to hear the truth that sets us free from every trap. Father, I pray for every person that is hearing me right now, that is watching me right now, Lord. Every person that is trapped with the, that because they got offended, because they got hurt, the trap of unforgiveness in their life, God. Bitterness, anger, jealousy, envy, strife, sexual habits, addictions. Father, these cycles in their life are causing them not to walk in the fullness of your call for their life. And Father, I ask you right now, there are no walls that you can't walk through. There are no traps that the truth, that can keep the truth away from your people. So Lord, right now, let this truth invade every trap in every person's life, every person's mind, every conscience, that every soul that has been trapped for years, God, I ask right now, I release the light of the truth of God's word into every trap, into every trapped mind, into every trapped life. And right now, Lord, I set these people free. Father, you have given us authority and dominion in your kingdom. And so today, God, every person that is watching me, Lord, I set them free in the name of Jesus. I break every trap over their life. I remove these traps out of them. I remove the traps of their souls, their minds right now. And I, I release the light of your kingdom, the light of your marvelous son, Christ. The light of Christ, I release Christ into them right now. That they would see themselves for who you say they are. Lord, I thank you that this is a Simon Bar Jonah to Peter moment. That right now, Lord, they're receiving fresh revelation from you, Abba Father. And I thank you that in, in this moment, they're becoming, they're, they're, their lives are being founded on the bedrock of your revelation. And so, Father, I pray for every person that is holding on to offense, holding on to hurt, Lord, that you would melt their hearts, that they would forgive those who need to be forgiven. They would release those people who are, who are they're offended with God, people who have hurt them. Lord, you said, bless those who persecute you. Bless your enemies. And so today, God, we choose to bless them. We choose to forgive them. We choose to release them to the consequences of their actions. But God, we release them. And Lord, we submit our conscience before you, God, today. And we ask you, Lord, to, to cleanse our conscience with your precious blood. Cleanse our minds, our bodies, our spirits with your precious blood, God. 
We thank you that you have already made the provision of holiness. You have already made the provision of blamelessness for us. We thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That our, that our position is not outside of Christ, but it is in Christ in heavenly places. And Father, right now, I just release forgiveness over every single person who have, has done wrong to me, who has done wrong, who has spoken against our church, who has spoken against Kelsey and me, who has spoken against people in our church, who, people who have were offended. Lord, I just release forgiveness upon them. And I release them right now from the trap that they're in to see that they're not fulfilling the plan and purpose that you have for, your, for their life. And Father, I release them right now to step into a place of being unconditionally loved by you. Father, that they would experience the love of Abba Father through the Holy Spirit into their life. Right now, Lord, I release the love of the Father right now. I just release right now. Lord, the Lord is just re revealing to me that there are people who were trapped in minor offenses. The Lord is just re removing those offenses. He's, re he's removing the scales of your eyes to see that you're in a trap. He's revealing the trap to you. And I, and I see God just through his mercy, just removing those traps out of your life. And he's setting you free to fly like that bird again. I want you to know that God loves you. His church loves you. The assembly of the ecclesia, we love you. And we believe that today that God is setting you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. No more, no more giving in to clickbaits. No more giving in to offenses. No more giving in to bitterness and guilt and condemnation. You are free. In Jesus' name, bless you.